Hi, this is Kathy Cook, and you are Bridging Wisdom tonight with me and Michael Goger. Hi, Michael. Hello, Tassie. You got you got Michael you got Michael Goger coming on. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> that oh, it is on bbsradio.com with Douglas and Donald Newsom owners. Isn't he that guy from Facebook though? Ah, uh, he's he's everywhere. Oh, you hang out with him? Oh my yes. god! All right, all right, he's coming in then. Hello, everybody. Michael Goga. What's the timestamp, Michael? It's eight. Couple of minutes after eight p.m. on July June twenty fifth. No, it's the twenty seventh, isn't it? Let me look. I see the twenty fifth. Oh, okay. Unless my junior put something in my coffee. It's the 25th, Tuesday the 25th, 8 p.m., folks. <laughs> yes, it Bi- is. Bi-weekly, every Tuesday we are here. 2019. Absolutely, baby. What are we going to talk about tonight? I want to talk about chakras and meditation. Oh, wow. That and sounds... You're, and you're really good at that, and you're going to teach me a thing or two. I am good at it? And the universe. Okay. When did I learn that? I don't know. All right, I'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's go into meditation and bridging wisdom. I'm real good at meditation. I've been doing that since I was a child. That's the beauty of it. There's so many different types of meditation. Quiet in the mind and listen to God. Absolutely. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. You just took that off my tongue. Yeah. And that's what we're doing, bridging wisdoms. Now... There are, I had a question today. What? Let's see. He was interested in a reading, I believe. No, 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 no. I said we were going to discuss meditation, and he wanted to know what school I went to. And I didn't have the time, but I wanted to say the school of life, and that I'm fortunate enough to be able to live in the matrix. And globally, I met people that a lot of people never get to meet. So I learned under several different styles, Buddhism, Christianity, witchcraft, um, you name it. If it has a meditation connected to it or a style, the one where I'm going with this is once you learn, you develop your own style. It's called the way. That's what the way means. The way is your path, your style. If you are copying a guru or perbating from a book, folks, you're not getting it and you're not doing it. You got the you got the grasp of it, but the whole secret is to develop your own style. That's why I always call it the Bright Lights Pathfinder's Way. Thank you. Everybody has to find their own way. Like like you can study, say, martial arts, and you're going to study the theory of Aikido. Now, there's, there's hundreds of different styles of martial arts, and you're studying Aikido. But eventually, when you get out of the gym, 
you are going to develop your own style of Aikido. And simply because of physical dynamics, the way your body's built, the way you think, the, your angle level, your control over of your emotions, and how fast you can move. So if you're striving to be, say, compared to Bruce Lee, you're going to fail, it's not going to work, and you're just going to give up. So you got to develop your own style of meditation. you got to get the basis, the facts, the theory, and then practice. And then once you get the grip of it, you learn how to develop your own way. I learned sheet. Yeah, just or just focusing on breath, or or, or in, uh, a well, lot of cultures. I couldn't sleep as a child. I learned by counting sheep and then saying Jesus is the light and quieting in my mind. Focus, focus. Because the ego wants to please, it'll make you stand on your head if it wants to, just to get your attention. And, well, um, the, no, no, and, and um. So I would I would say a mantra. Now say Jesus is the light. Yeah. Uh, well, just quieting my mind so I could hear what the knowing wanted me to hear. Yeah. Message. Yeah. Now, well, I don't want to jump ahead of us, but uh, it does. The ego uh, creates. First of all, the ego is an automatic servant that's installed in our body system which we have many levels to and it's programmed from birth and through dna to do whatever your mind tells it to do or teaches it to do after a while it's like a dog it does it exactly what you train it to do yeah it lives in the subconscious mind yeah like run or fight or pride or envy or uh, and it doesn't what happens with meditation is you're actually going into a place where your control is and it doesn't the ego doesn't like you in there it does everything it can to stop you from taking the wheel of the ship but it also protects oh yeah it does all kinds of things protects it all, it, yeah compliments it, it has yeah. it has two faces well it has it's, many faces, actually. Well, it's one thing trained to do many things. It wants to please. That's all I know. It, it wants, wants to, it yeah, wants it's to a certain. And it wants to please, and we have to get back in control of that. It, it wants to do everything. You, it, its basic design in spirit is to be a servant uh-huh. and a protector. Right. And through the years, as you grow with no conscious awareness of it, you have a dog in your head that's doing everything that is listening to you think, say, and do. Mm -hmm. And eventually it gets so big that when you encounter it or go to put a leash on it, it makes noise. So that is called mental chatter. That's why when you try to settle the mind to nothingness, that dog starts pumping your head filled with stuff that happened yesterday, 10 years from today. It does everything in its power to stop you 
from taking control of the vehicle. It doesn't want you in control because it thinks it's in control. So that's why when you sit to meditate, you're going to hear, what did that mailman say to me the other day? How dare he? Or you're going to hear, oh, I'm so mad at my kid. Why'd he do that to me? Or you're going to float off to the PTO meeting you got tomorrow. Or you might even say, you might even start hearing music. So, and what it wants to do is to get you to give up trying to drive the vehicle. It wants control of the vehicle. And it knows that once you settle your mind, you got a good grip on the wheel. So when it does come in as mental chatter, that's what it's called, folks, in the field. Mental chatter. When it floats into your head, don't try to stop it. Don't entertain it. Just acknowledge it by knowing and let it float out the other side of your head. It just wants to be acknowledged. It just wants to be acknowledged, and that's enough to keep it, to slow it down. But it will come back, and you yeah, oh. just, and then tell it you're going to write about it, acknowledge it again, and then by the time you acknowledge it the second time around, it usually stops. It Do not, you know? Not to say it'll bring another thing in. Yeah. Keep doing you know. that to train it. Yeah. How long? Just like long? riding a bike. How long should I try? Well... You just keep trying until you get your uh, monitor down and you get mind over matter. Oh, and that happens automatically or but yeah. through constant practice and training? Constant practice and training. And it's good to do your meditations, you know, start out slow, about 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, even five uh, minutes. Uh, a couple of times a day. Uh, and then yeah. you get to where you can just stop your mind totally without even a mantra. That's what that, I do. Thank you. And, I, thank and then you. whatever comes to my mind when I'm coming out of it is my message that I have. Yeah. Thank you. And um, a lot of people will say to me, because I like what's called walking meditation, which means I'm able to obtain that state in any given situation, including a fight. So when you get good enough to be in a meditative state during a fight, you are good. Or in a crowded store, or while you're shopping, or while you're performing on stage. And it's reachable, it's possible, and a lot of the performers do it. That's what makes them so good. They're complete control of their focused will. And it takes a lot to be able to do that. Some people can't do 10 minutes in a room with no noise, sitting with a candle. It's just like homework. Yeah. And the reason it's not working in the room with the candle is because you're trying too damn hard. Yeah, you just got to let it go and let it flow. Yes. And if you are a beginner, belly breathing is number one. If you can't belly breathe, before you start meditating, learn how to belly breathe. Breathe in the positive and out the negative. 
Not only that, belly breathing is when you inhale, your abdomen should expand first. And when you exhale, your abdomen is the first thing to extract, pull in. Breathe in through the mouth and out through the nose. Yeah. In other words, it feels like you're breathing into your privates and breathing out of your privates. That's how deep you will feel the oxygen going. It will actually feel like you're breathing into your lower body. And, and we all know the lungs stop somewhere around the belly or the slow the chest. So... Uh, that's mandatory because deep breathing and belly breathing is what you're going to incorporate your chi into. And your chi is going to ride on that. And for lack of a better word or the ones that don't know what chi is, chi just means energy. And with your breath, and the consciousness of your energy, you learn, now you got to learn how to mix your breath and your energy together in order to move it around your body. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We're at college level here. We're trying to get people to sit for five minutes, clear their minds, and listen for God. And if God don't talk, I guarantee you will experience something. I guarantee you that. Even if it's an image. Even the image or a word or um, uh, it could be anything from. I seen it all. My and first. You can, you can tell the difference between the ego and and God is is the purity of it, and and it's it's, it's well, it's, it's it's something that's not something that you already know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your ego will also frighten you to stop you. I had rapid animals pop out of nowhere. It's like they're biting my face off. God, and I, and <laughs> I've never I, anything like that. Well, you you haven't you haven't done it all day for twenty years either. My life is a complete meditation, and it always has been, and it always will be. It's all I know. It's all I know. And just because you can meditate and you're good at it, doesn't mean you're going to have a good life. It doesn't mean you're going to get money. Doesn't mean you're going to meet God, and it sure as hell don't mean you're going to be pretty. All it means is you're learning how to calm yourself, maybe heal yourself if you have problems, and you're listening for your Lord or whoever you call the Creator to communicate to you. A lot of people get into it thinking it's going to be the answer to everything in their lives, and it's not. It's only going to become a coping skill. That helps you deal with life and understand life. There, I can't say this enough, folks. There is no magic wand nowhere on this planet. I went, I went looking for it for 20 years with a headset on, with a camera, with a phone, and with the internet, and traveled to places very few go. And there is no magic wand. There's only coping skills. And that's it. Now, you can get so good at 
coping that it looks like you're magical, but you're not. You're just handling about it. So I would recommend in the beginning, if you are beginning, there's probably uh, ascended masses listening right now. Wishing I would hurry up at the college level, but we can't because we're talking to the average person that thinks maybe meditating is just closing your eyes for five minutes. And I want to help them understand that it's not the best way to start meditating, folks. And I will tell you now to do it in the same place at the same time every day for no longer than 10 minutes. I also, you, you, by then, hopefully, you have learned how to belly breathe. It's not a hard thing to do. Do it slow. Even if you got emphysema, you can belly breathe. And I'll, I'll touch on that later. But once you got the belly breathe, you're in the same place every day, same time. These things are important because programming. Your body is expecting it. Your mind's expecting it. And it's ready to go. Same and, time. And you don't have to lay down every time. You don't have to sit up. You can just nope. get yourself comfortable. Yes. And I do recommend that you kind of sit up because uh, it could be so nice of an experience. You will doze off. I fell asleep meditating. And it's one of the best sleeps you can probably have. But you get disappointed that you forgot that you were meditating. So if you could sit up. And another thing I say, five or ten minutes tops if you're a beginner is because you're just starting and anything over 10 minutes, your your body is going to start saying, I'm not having fun no more. And you're going to give up. You're going to start drifting. Yeah. So if you get a fantastic, I would go even five minutes and it would still be beneficial because before you know it, you're going to be doing it probably throughout the day. See, that's where my Buddhism comes in. Yeah, Buddhism. when you wash the dishes, you can be meditating. You can be... Well, Thank you. Or you can have the shower come down as rain. Why are you reading my mind? I was just going to give them the doing dishes story. <laughs> and you beat me to it. That shows we're connected. Yeah. Maybe we should get married or something. Maybe. Uh, yeah, you think so? Maybe. Want to bring Goger to the party? Or? Yeah. I don't know about this guy. He's been pretty crazy on Facebook lately. All right, we'll let him go. But anyway, listen. Folks, it's five minutes, ten minutes a day. Deep breathing. Focus the mind. Clear your mind. Turn the phone off. Turn the TV off. If you got a candle. The, the more relaxed and more ceremonial you get, the better. But it's not necessary. You can't uh, some soft music. Uh, yeah, but later on, I would suggest that. But you can. Oh, yeah. I did at the beginning, and it helped me a lot to keep my mind from floating. Oh, yeah. I, I took a I took a trip down in waterfalls and stuff with, with uh, oh, yeah. Lance, his family. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to what I do. I mean, if I can walk into no, a room. No, and... no words, music. Music with, uh, like, just piano playing or clarinet or something like that yeah i would not do that in the beginning 
but if you insist, we will. <laughs> well, I did. I guess to each his own because there's all kinds of meditations out there. Thank you. That's why it's called the way. And that's why yeah. where, where you study and who you study under means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing when it comes to being it yourself. That's what I'm trying to get through. I got to get rid of this guru thing that's going on in this planet. Folks, if you're following a guru, you're being misled, you're being lied to, and you're wasting your money. You don't need a guru. Remember me saying that. Now, back to the lesson. Uh, We're clearing our heads, and we're breathing into our abdomen, and you breathe out. And that's the process. You breathe into your abdomen and you breathe out. And you do that for five minutes and you're going to deal with the mental chatter. That's why I don't like nothing else involved except breathing in, out, until you conquer the mental chatter. When you conquer the mental chatter, then you can go on to other and bigger things like walking meditation. Or going out onto a stage and talking to thousands of people while you're in a semi-trance meditative stage. Because that was another question. How do you do what you do and be disturbed while you do it? You know what what I do? What do you do? I take, like you're standing on on a trap door. Yeah. Pull the trap door and drop down in it, which mm-hmm. I take my mind and drop it down into my solar plexus, mm-hmm. and then suck the trap door, and that takes my mind from being up in my mind and brings me down into the solar plexus of my body to keep me from thinking. Hmm. Very interesting. I love the way you do things. I wish I was like you. I'm so complex. I'm like that Goger guy. It's very complex. You're so smooth and Native American and natural. Well, it's in my blood. (laughs) And and your style, it's never before seen. That's why I like, I can tell you weren't poisoned by a guru. I didn't learn from anybody but myself on meditations. Thank you. Once you learn how to say thank you, Lord, and breathe in your belly, uh-huh. you no longer need to grow. Get rid of them, stop paying them, and don't I listen to them. anything from meditations but from myself because I was ADHD as a child. I was told to go to bed and be quiet, and I had to learn myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the things, well, all right, where do you want to go, baby? We already got the, the, the beginning meditator. We got him sitting for five minutes, clearing his mind and breathing deeply into his belly. That's good. Should I explain how to get the air into his lower body? If you want to. I think it's necessary. Okay. And you got to time yourself because we're going into chakras, too. Oh, we're already going there, baby. It's going to happen naturally. Uh, Oh, I just got a note. Good show. I'm listening. That's good. Anyway, um, let's say you're sitting there. You got five minutes and you want to learn how to move the air. People don't know how to move air around their bodies. 
once you master visualizing your oxygen as a substance and you name it chi or incorporate your chi with it, did you know? Did you, you know got, that chi is uh, the highest frequency that there is, and it's an F sharp? Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, chi is the highest frequency you can attain, attain, and it's an F sharp. Wow. You mean the the vibration of it? The vibration of it. When yeah. you get to chi. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's what a lot of people, you know, the UFO phenomena, they actually think they got some kind of engine that can go that fast. Uh-huh. And uh, it's not. Those things are not moving forward or backward. They are vibrating in and out of dimensional frequencies. That's why it looks like they're flying that fast. They vibrate at different frequencies that match different dimensions, and they're able to break through the wall into a dimension where they would disappear instantaneously in front of your eyes. And then you would look and say, damn, that thing's fast. Well, it wasn't fast. It was vibrating. You know, Michael, when I do my meditations, I go up into the sky, and I do that vibration to go into the star. Just like in Star Trek, where it goes mm-hmm. warp speed, and yep. I shoot myself out several times into the star system like that. Yeah, that's visualization. Uh huh. And so I yep. do the vibration like that to 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 get to my chi. Well, let's start with your. Um, how do you do your average meditation? How does it start? I I'm just cur- I click my finger like this. Yeah. And I just drop down like a trap door, shut, pull the plug, pull it back, pull the lever back, and then push it forward and drop down out of my brain, into my body. Mahabali says, look, the soul still, when the soul leaves the body, the mind still works. When he was studying my brain waves, and I said, then you you soul travel. I soul travel. I, I, I I don't, uh, I just go out there and get messages from the knowing. Well, what takes place before you snap your fingers? Uh, say Jesus is the light. And why do you start doing that? To quiet my mind. I just stop it. Well, what initiates the process? I say I'm going to meditate. Okay. So you're actually making the decision to go meditate. Right. And then you snap your fingers and you drop down and one time and I open the trap door and drop down in it. Hmm. Interesting. And, and if I try to get back up out of it, then I have to say Jesus is the light again. That's huh. just the way I've trained myself. That's your process. That's your right. way. That's uh-huh. that, that's your way. Mm-hmm. So if you said Michael do my way, I would be like, huh? You'd have huh. to find your own. It'd be like so there lies the falsities with gurus. Get rid of them. You don't need them. You have to find your own way. You're wasting your money. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Um, should I describe mine? or should we Yeah, go ahead. Are you sure? Okay. Listen. I put myself down in seven breaths. And the way I do that is I, and I don't do it 
now, but this is how I was able to learn how. I taught, I learned from a Buddhist monk because I was struggling with moving energy around my body. And he taught me to make a puddle on the top of my head and fill it with golden water. And at the back of my head, have a little waterfall. And as I was breathing, I was to draw it in from the universe and fill that little pool and let it overflow and let the waterfall go down the back of my spine with my breath until it reached my lower abdomen. And guess what? My lower abdomen filled with oxygen. It worked like magic. And I said, oh, my God, I've been trying this for years and couldn't do it. So, and when I exhaled, I would decide what shocker I wanted to blow out. And as I exhaled, my abdomen would go in first and push that golden water up to the shocker I wanted to work on and push it through, push it out. So now I'm washing my chakra and I'm filling it with this gorgeous golden liquid. So that was the process on learning how to move oxygen around my body and not oxygen, but oxygen that was mixed with my, I still don't know what the word for it is. I call it chi, energy, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, uh, mixed with my air. And that's how you learn how to move it. And from that point on, you will learn how to fill your right hand with air, how to fill your left hand with air, how to send it to your nose, how to fill it anywhere. And if your foot is hurting, you could flood that foot with magical charged oxygen. And you'll actually feel the air going down your leg and into your foot and filling your foot up. That's how powerful it can get. So, that's how we do the belly breathing. And the archive will be there, and you can listen to it over and over. If you don't understand what I'm saying now, you eventually will. I try to talk... The reason I talk like this, folks, is because not everybody had the opportunity to study for 20 years. I've been studying for 52 years. Did you, know, did you know how to meditate when you were eight years old, when those people, those kids were being mean to you? No, that was called uh, mediumship. That was when I first discovered that I was a medium. Oh, Okay. I had no control over that. That was a divine, uh, a divine intervention and a message and letting me know that I was about to go on a journey of my life. And this was why. And I, should I tell them a story? It's embarrassing. Should I tell them anyway? If you want to. All right. Is Michael listening? Okay, I don't think he's listening. Uh, I'll tell the story. Anyway. Uh, Michael was one of the most gorgeous little first graders you ever wanted to see. 
but for some reason he was born full bodied. What? Okay. What? I told Ashley thank you. She brought the groceries in. Oh, okay. Tell and her I said thank you. For leaving. What did Bye. she get? I enjoyed she... it. Love you too, honey. Tell her I'm going to kiss Grandma one more time. Michael's going to kiss Grandma Avery. She's already out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love it when they yell and run. Ah, no. She was going crazy today when you said that. Oh, I love granddaughters. No. I want, I want a granddaughter. I'm going to spoil that kid. When you put that unicorn in the phone and says, I'm going to kiss Grandma Avery, she was going, hey, yuck, no. I, oh, yeah. Folks, if you get an Apple 10, <laughs> a 10XL, you can do some wild stuff with that. I learned how to make a unicorn look like me and talk like me. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and it's a and lot of fun. Teasing, he was teasing my granddaughter that's eight years old, Avery, that he was going to mm-hmm. kiss grandma. <laughs> oh, this guy, I, Mike showed it to me, and I said, no way. He made a cartoon figure that you cannot tell whether it's actually him or animation. That's how real it is. It was just like a photo of him talking <laughs> to me. That was so funny. Yeah, and I can imagine the other things you can do with it. But anyway, where was I? Was I getting picked on yet in school? Yeah, you were just getting picked on. Oh, I was just getting picked on because I was I was full. Shit. But Did that, I... that was sidetracking. I was asking you if that if okay. you learned the meditation oh, from that. Oh, the groceries uh, interrupted us. Yeah. Did she get me any ice cream? Yeah. Okay, good. Anyway, listen, I was a big-bodied sure. boy that was convinced that he was fat. And then the whole school was convinced I was fat. And I wasn't fat. And I was already born with uh, multiple emotional issues because you know how life was. And uh, in school... sensitive. Yeah, plus I was a little, you know, you could tell I was different from birth, believe me. Um, so when I went to school, I found out my first lesson in life was that human beings are the most brutalist animals on the face of the planet. No questions asked. I will not debate it. You cannot convince me otherwise. They are the most brutal animals on the face of the planet. Anyway, they commenced to descend on me <laughs> and I became the school punching bag and in order to get away from them, I would isolate myself. There was always, there's always woods by your school, you know, that you could sit on the edge of the woods. So I would sit in the woods during break time and whatnot. And then one day I was feeling, I just got done being brutalized. And I went into the woods and sat there watching all the morons play. And uh, all of a sudden, everything around me became misty. And out of that came a voice, and in back of the voice, there was a, a tribe of Indians. And I'm like, I don't know how old you are in first grade, but it Six. was, yeah, whatever age you are, it was very, very unusual. And the voice said to me, you will play with them. Nobody likes them either. And I said, why? And he said, because they smell. I said, what? They smell. 
So these Native Americans would come up to me. Most of them were kids. I think there was two adults and a bunch of kids with them. And we commenced to uh, visit with each other. And I knew it wasn't normal because nobody else was seeing it but me. And after that day, they told me a lot of things that I was going to encounter, things I would be doing, the life I would live, how painful it would be, and uh, that it was all for the master. I was doing his work and that I should always represent the master and his work. Everything that I do should glorify him. So you knew at a young age the master was God? I wasn't quite sure who the master was, but from the tell, from the sound of his voice, he was the boss. There was no uh-huh. doubt about it. And uh, so I, and from that day on, I started experiencing different phenomena. And that's basically how Michael Goger started. Uh, from there, uh, there was hundreds of stories. I could fill 10 books within a month if I wanted to. Uh, and I grew older and one trick I used was comedy. I found out that comedy could basically get you anything you wanted. So the biggest bully in the school, I did it in a person impersonation of uh, the honeymooners Jackie Gleason <clears throat> and he laughed so hard he fell off his chair and he promised me if I did it for him once a day he'd never let anybody touch me again and I did it and from that point on I was untouchable wow you see how God works yeah you see how God works he took the baddest kid in school had him become my best friend, and he protected me for like the next seven years. Nobody even looked at me the wrong way. And it was that was God in action. And God will use everybody and everything, even sometimes a bad guy, to accomplish what he wants done. And he wasn't a bad guy. He was just a tough guy. And you know how it is in school when you're a jock. You got to push around at least one nerd. So, uh, and he stopped that from happening, which enabled me to continue with my education and my learning. Uh, One of the first, very first lessons was... This is boring. I know more than the teacher, and I can't handle this. And I noticed one day that at the worst of that feeling, I popped out of my body. Unexpectedly. And I was across the road watching a guy cut his grass. I spent the whole school day watching this guy cut his grass. I loved it. And I knew exactly when I had to get back to my body to go to another class. And I got so fascinated by that. All I did was focus on that. And then I started studying spiritual abilities, spiritual beliefs, world religions, philosophy, psychology, pharmacology, surgery, 
holistic approaches of all kinds, alchemistry, whatever was out there. I bought every book I could find, and I still have every one that I bought. And once I got the basis, I said, wow, I'm not a weirdo. There was thousands of me, thousands of me. And a lot of them hurt just like me. But they kept doing what they were doing. And uh, and I said, you know what? No matter how it hurts or what life does to you, this is something that everybody should know about. So when I started telling people about it, I was labeled a witch, a pagan, a warlock, a devil, Lucifer, a madman, a sicko. Uh, I've been attacked for it. I've been insulted for it. I even been hit for it. And I kept on doing it. I kept on doing it because I knew it was what God wanted. I followed my heart. So the reason I'm talking about this, folks, is you're going to come out in different ways. Some of you are already probably, uh, lack of a better word, college level. And some of you are just going into first grade. I will tell you one thing. The college level needs the first grade, and the first grade needs the college level because one-on-one in spiritual matters is we are all teachers and students simultaneously, not individually. While you're talking, I'm learning, and you're teaching. When I talk, I'm teaching, you're learning, and it happens at the same time. That's that saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, thus the teacher will become the student. Thank you. Thank you. And until you're ready, (laughs) the teacher will not appear. Now, the reason they say it like that, because sometimes that teacher shows up like a book or a light bulb going off. That is the teacher. If you know. See, we always go back to knowing and the way. Your way and knowing. So when a light bulb goes off and says, nah, I don't think you should do it. Do it this way. That's the ego. You might want to listen, right? So, um, you got an extra beer? (laughs) I don't drink. (laughs) I know you don't drink. I'm only taking a breather. Anyway, um, you can get so good at this, folks, that you can actually drum, play a musical instrument, sing, uh, stand on stage, do a lecture. You can, hell, you can even do surgery in a meditative state. Um, you can bring your heart rate down and your blood pressure down, too. I, I can <laughs> con- I can control my bleeding. I can control my heart rate. I can control the dilation of my pupils. I can control my blood pressure. I can control my fever. Uh, there's not a hell of a lot that I can't control or adjust on my own. And I've done it in front of doctors witnesses professional witnesses and i can get them to testify so um 
This is how far you can go with it. Will it make you happy and forever, ever, ever more? I don't think so. Because a lot of, you'll notice that a lot of talented artists and a lot of talented spiritual workers suffer from depression and mood disorders. Now, in my research, I am still at the point where what came first, the egg or the chicken? Was it their mental illness that helped the spiritual abilities? Or was it the spiritual abilities causing the mental illness? I don't think we know yet. And that's where I am with my research. See, I'm always doing research. So that's where I'm at. But anyway, uh, I believe I haven't met anybody that was worth their weight and salt in this business that didn't have an emotional disorder. I don't debate. I don't argue. If you say I'm wrong, I'd like to see your evidence. Everybody I know had an emotional disorder. So that might help. It might not help. Or one thing for sure, becoming spiritual is only going to help you cope with it, live with it, and function with it instead of taking handfuls of pills. You're doing it on your own. And when you run into a crisis, you have a battery of coping skills to get a grip on that crisis. That's when you become the master. Outside elements no longer control you because you know how to make it better. And that's where we're going with meditation. That's what I wanted to get out. I see so many pretty boys meditating two minutes a day and they're gurus. Uh, I'm bored. I don't want to hear it. I want to see somebody that just got out of jail living in the street that got out of that by meditating. Not somebody that's born pretty with a billion-dollar bill stuck up his butt. I want to see people that are dying and they learned how to use meditation to facilitate their healing and their cure. Everything is intelligence. Everything vibrates. Everything vibrates. If it vibrates, it has an intelligence. That means you can communicate to it. You can speak to your illness. Tell your illness that you love it. And that there's too much love in your body for that illness to survive. Ask it to go away. I always and say, this doesn't belong to me. Or Ch- that. Chandani taught me that from India. She said, mm-hmm. that doesn't belong to me. And then Absolutely. Back where it came. Absolutely. But baby, what I'm running into is uh, meeting lots of new friends through, can I say I joined the Navy, Army, and Marines? And I'm not sure we, what uniform I want. I think the sailors are kind of sexy. But I do like the Army and the Ranger thing and the Marine thing. So what would I do? Switch uniforms or what? What no. would you do? What would you, what would you want on a date? A sailor or, or Army guy? I wouldn't care as long as it was you. Mm. So I can wear anything then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't join the Army then. 
But anyway, listen, can I put a plug in for my boys? A real quick one? You can. Please, please, yes, ma'am. Listen, folks, Thursday, the Michael Goger Show will be the debut of a group called the Defender 7 Patriot Group. I met them two months ago. I fell in love with them. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. I don't know. I'm not even sure if I would, but I fell in love with them, so I can't help it. Um, my show from here on in, by every Thursday, by weekly at 9 p.m., every other Thursday, will be a Defender 7 Patriot Group broadcast. I will be there only as an advisor and a techie on standby. I will open the show and turn the mic over to General Almsby and Lieutenant General Chris Hinkle. And they will conduct their first official broadcast. And I'm going to do that every show. Until there's no more homeless veterans. Because, quite frankly, I am ashamed and disgusted by any country that would allow one of its veterans to sleep in the street. And I hope Congress and Senate is listening to this show because I am embarrassed and I am ashamed of you, sir. Get our veterans off the streets. Okay, I'll calm down. Now, listen, every Thursday, 9 o'clock, that's this Thursday, stop in. You that's know the Eastern number. standard time. That is 9 p.m. Eastern and 6, uh, what is that, 6 p.m. Pacific. And I will keep doing every show until there's no more homeless veterans. So stick with me. Google them on Facebook. Look on my Facebook. I always have their groups. They have a national group with a flag that looks like the United States. That's their national compound. Join that one first. The rest of the guys will take care of you. They have a group in 50 states. One is in New York, my hometown. And every state has a sector. And they're trying to set up rescue groups in each state and I would like to see one in every village so that tells you we got a lot of work to do folks and we do need you join these groups and support them they are your sons daughters fathers and mothers and they went to war for you join the groups and spread the information please I'm begging people just to like something and just to share something. All I'm asking is share it, like it, and join the group. You don't have to do anything. Just be a member and socialize with your veterans. That's all you have to do, folks. Okay, now what am I supposed to do? Well, I get I get fired I, up when it comes to less than five minutes and I promise next time I'll talk a little bit more <laughs> well well, you know what happens when you bring Goger in you know what happens yeah we'll be bridging wisdom tonight and we couldn't go into Chakra's baby unless we got him breathing right Yeah, no, and that's the message of this uh, the story that's homework 
That's homework. Learn how to belly breathe. That's the modern day term of it. Abdominal breathing. Deep breathing. Breathe into your root chakra. Your root chakra is at the at your tailbone, right between your legs. When you breathe, you fill that bad boy up with your oxygen and your chi. And that's how it's going to start. And next show, we're going to touch on the chakras. And not to think that we know everything, but we are seasoned. Seasoned. Well, I, I, would, I would say 52 years studying every day. Uh, would qualify me for a hundred years together. Yeah. So we got a lot of experience together and we do have a lot of uh, ancestors. Yeah. And we're far from perfect folks. We're far from perfect. And native American on, on my dad's side and, uh, Wiccan on my mother's side and Christianity. Absolutely. And, uh, Tassie, I love your show because what it's doing is you're bridging wisdoms. Yeah. I want to say something real quick. I was listening to Thursday night show that I like to listen to on station two, the history of, and, uh, Marina Roberts Pickett said something that I say all the time out of a book of Terry Lynn Whitaker. What you think of me is none of my business is the name of her book. And she, mm. used, she had a, a guest host on named Joy, and she said, what you think of me is none of my business. And I said, now that's bridging wisdom. She used something that I said on her show, and that is what you call bridging wisdom. Now, to me, that's a compliment when somebody does right. something like that. Yeah. A lot of people would get mad. No, because she used it in, in its context, and she, she learned from it, and that's bridging wisdom when you use, when you mm-hmm. share but mm-hmm. she didn't know where she didn't know Terry Lynn Whitaker's name, but she knew that it came from me from yeah. Terry Lynn Whitaker because that's the name of her book, and it talks about guilt and and shame and guilt is placed upon we place it upon ourselves and shame mm-hmm. is placed upon us from other people, and it's a good book. Yeah, it, it teaches you to get out of that that self ridicule and stuff. Yeah, do you know that? Ninety-nine percent of man's ills are self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Self-inflicted. That's right. Uh, right. Uh, I'm. I'm saying ninety-nine percent is self-inflicted. That's true. Some of the residue may be past life or circumstantial or environmental, but ninety-nine percent is self-inflicted. Uh huh. And it's because your mind isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And real quick, somebody said, well, why the hell did you throw in witchcraft with Buddhism and Christianity? Well, let me tell you something. Buddhism and witchcraft helped me become and understand Christianity. Buddhism is focused will. Doing one thing at a time perfectly and paying attention. Speak the truth, walk the truth, be the truth, say the truth, and don't waver. Witchcraft is reverence for everything earthly. And if you put and if you if you put the two of them together and the gospel, you're gonna be one of the best Christians that God has ever created. Trust me. 
the earth wisdom is speak the truth, know the truth, hear the truth, see the truth, do the truth, be the mm-hmm. truth, earth wisdom. That mm-hmm. name that's mm-hmm. that's that, right, baby. The tribe of the, the two wolves where I learned absolutely off the land with the Native Americans. Absolutely. That's the wheel. That's the wisdom wheel. Beautiful. I think it was a great show. I talked yeah. a lot, but you encouraged it. So yeah. the minute you I, say I, Michael, that's it. That's running. Yeah. I promise to talk more next time. And you do sound a lot better, baby. You yeah, really do. I'm, I mean, for two months. I mean, this girl has been so sick. I have been driven crazy from it. Yeah, and she's doing a lot better, and I thank God for that. I really am. Thank you, thank you, thank you God. So, are you going to listen to my soldier show tomorrow? I uh, probably am. Yeah, I think I'll wear a it's navy the day uniform. After tomorrow. I'm going to wear the navy uniform. It's the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Okay. Well, let's make our energy ball. Okay. What do you want to put in it? I want to. Put, can I put first in it? Yep. I want to put divine love and protection for our commander in chief, Donald Trump. That's good. Yeah, love and protection and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And peace on earth. What are you throwing in? Yeah, I want to put in humility and and the universal calmness of our weather and uh. Just all downright respect for one another. All right. You ready to clap and shoot it out? Yeah, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Now, that's how you send energy out, folks. You can do it by yelling, screaming, clapping your hands, or just visualizing it. Yeah, blowing your hands. It's only symbolic. It's ceremonial, but it reinforces the intentions. And with that... Michael, we got to say goodbye. I know it. Real Michael Gogert, Kathy Cook, Bridging Wisdom, One Wisdom Spoke at a Time. Donald Douglas Newsom, owners of BBS Radio, thank you for hosting us. We are off the air. Good night, everybody.